Welcome to Love Living Life with Marla Williams on Lift Your Spirits Radio. My show is on the first Friday of every month at 8 a.m. Thanks for being here. I am so excited about the song that you just heard. My very good friends, Mark McMillan and Annie Borson, are members of the group called Pricey Diggs. And they have shared their song with us today. And it's a song that they wrote this last year when they traveled to the Northwest to do a tour of the Northwest because Anne Borson was brought up in this area and she came back to kind of relive some of her memories. And they wrote this song and the song is titled, Nothing Stays the Same. And it has a lot to do with what my guest is going to be talking about today. But a few of the lines from the song that I just love is, for all of us to keep in mind, is just another reminder, it's all going to change. And don't try to hold on to it because life is about change and moving forward and not trying to hold on to the old that you wish you had again, but being able to work towards what you want. So again, I appreciate Pricey Diggs and Mark and Ann sharing their song with us today. You'll hear it throughout the broadcast and they'll play the full recording at the end. I want to let you know that Pricey Diggs, Mark and Ann will be here in Seattle and north into Bellingham during the month of September. They will be performing at Edward Lynn Winery on September 2nd. Plan to join me there. I will be there. And Edward Lynn Winery is on Camino Island. Beautiful view, great music, great wine. Join us on September 2nd. They will also be playing September 9th to 11th at Simiamu up north and in Anacortes at the Rockfish Grill on 914. So plan to come and join me on Camino Island or one of the other events to hear Pricey Digs in September. And with that, I'm very excited to introduce my guest today because she's an old friend. As a television meteorologist, Terry DeBoer has delivered West Michigan's wake up weather for three decades. She also co-hosts a daily lifestyle show called Eight West. Terry's public journey through the seasons of life from on-air pregnancies to the marriages of two children and becoming a grandmother gives her a special connection with other mothers and grandmothers. She now shares lessons from her most challenging season of life, adjusting to the quieter life in an empty nest. That's a big topic for a lot of moms, because as an invested mother, we tend to spend a lot of time doing things with our children, for our children, attending all their events, and then all of a sudden, they're gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And (laughs) Terry has actually taken this concept, this message, her experiences, and wrote a book. And this book is called... Brighter Skies Ahead, Forecasting a Full Life When You Empty the Nest. And I think it's so important because so many people struggle. And this is actually a self-help book in my mind to help people figure out how to get through this time. And so brilliant, brilliant thought. Uh And I love it that you went through it and shared your story. So let's start about really what motivated you to write this book. Yeah, you know, it was interesting because I, um, you know, it seems like when you're in the middle of raising your kids, I, I always had this phrase, and I say this a lot to my coworkers who are in younger stages of parenthood, the days are long, but the years are short. 
it seems like time really does fly by. But when you're in the middle of it all, you think this is going to go on forever. And uh, the truth of it is there are seasons in life and things have a beginning and they have an end. And when they come to an end, sometimes it's very abrupt. And so, um, you know, I have three busy kids. They never met a sport they didn't like. I always say my biggest hobby was writing checks and driving the carpool because I did that for so, so many years. <laughs> um, and the kids could become like, um, you know, they, they become your companions. They become your, um, in some cases, friends. You spend a lot of time with them, especially if your kids play their sport at a high level, that involves a lot of commitment and a lot of travel. And so when they finally leave home, it really is this huge void because all of a sudden you lose that, all those activities. And so I don't know if it's a more of the feeling of melancholy because you just have this feeling that you miss that season so much. You miss the activities, you miss the, um, the purpose in some cases. And um, I, I have to tell you, I was really not prepared for how sad I felt when my youngest yeah. left for college. And um, yeah, yeah I, I, and I work this kind of crazy shift where I get up at 2.30 in the morning. I'm the early morning meteorologist at our Ouch. television station. So I go to work at 3.30 in the morning, but my day ends by noon or one. And so um, early in the afternoon, I when my kids were at home, I would spend the time, you know, cleaning and shopping and getting lunch, you know, the, the team snack together or dinner or those sorts of things. And when the youngest one left, I would come home from work, you know, early afternoon, change it in my pajamas, lay on the couch and watch Hallmark movies, <laughs> eating ice cream, sometimes <laughs> drinking some wine. And, you know, it was, I, I just had this, you know, sense of there's really just nothing to do. Yeah, just like an emptiness at that point yeah. because they're gone. And with having the kind of shift you had getting off by noon, your afternoon and evening would be full of what you did with your children. Right. And when there's right. no one there to talk to, to do things for all of a sudden that pull is there, that emptiness. Um, I guess I was more fortunate than you because I worked a normal schedule and I'm tired at the end of the day. So it was nice to come home and rest yes. where in your case, you still had a good part of your day ahead of you. Right. And even though, you know, and it, it is interesting because I was tired because of the shift that I kept, but my body clock had adjusted so much for, you know, the three decades that I've been doing this early morning television shift, you know, that I would get done. My husband works a normal kind of nine to five job. And so I'd end up in the afternoon, just all by myself with without really a whole lot to do. Yeah. And so, um, it struck me after, uh, a few months of this, that, um, what I'm feeling must be fairly universal, or at least not as rare as I thought, because, um, you know, and for me, I have a career I love that I've invested, you know, all of my grown up years, um, mm -hmm. establishing that I'm involved in uh, a lot of community activities. I'm still married to my same husband. I have a good relationship with my kids. And so I was feeling that, you know, if, if I had this angst, if I was having such a difficult time making this transition, um, that, you know, perhaps there must be a book out there to read about. I love to read. Mm -hmm. And so, um, as I searched for books to read about this whole empty nest experience, um, the books I found were, um, pretty depressing, you know, mm. it, 
instead of finding a hopeful, upbeat, joyful, um, almost challenging kind of a, a book for myself, I found something that, you know, made me want to wallow in my sadness even more. Yeah. And so yeah. I set out to write the book I wanted to read. And that's what I did. And you know what I love about your book? It is a pick me up. And, and she's going to explain kind of how the book set up. But I think the thing that attracted me and excited me as I read through the book was she asked really good questions at the end. I think it's called a full life or something yes, that yeah. just made me think. And even though I didn't really go through the empty nest, I had so many friends that did, you know, I was celebrating actually when my last one left, because I finally had a life where I didn't have to go somewhere every night or go to a game or go to something and do something or being responsible for something. I could actually do some things that I love. And I have a lot of hobbies and I couldn't wait. And so I was probably a unique person, but I also am a coach, a life coach. Mm -hmm. And I've spent a lot of time coaching people who have struggled through this period, who have struggled through this time. So it's a very real emptiness that you feel. And then we have the parents on the other side that the kids won't leave, right? Yes, exactly. And, and that's a whole nother coaching opportunity. Yeah. Or, or they leave and then they come back, you know, yeah. and there is a, um, there's a chapter in, um, in the book about that with a, uh, that's each chapter, there are 50 chapters. Um, and each chapter starts with either a quote or, um, there's a, a whole section. It's the, the book is designed is divided up into nine different sections. And so each section has multiple chapters and um, the, the last section is about faith and your faith journey. And so each chapter in that section starts with a, uh, a verse from the Bible. Um, but each, each of the chapters has a quotation or a Bible verse. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to, I, I like to laugh. I feel like I've got a pretty quick wit. And so I wanted to capture that essence in the book as well. Um, and so it was, you know, it was, it was that examination, everything from the sections are divided, you know, everything from your physical health to your mental health, to your actual nest. Do you, you know, I'm my office at home was my daughter's bedroom. The most beautiful view in the entire house belonged to my Jack, my daughter, Jacqueline, when she was here. And so when she got married and moved out of the nest permanently, uh, I took over her office painted. I don't know why painted such a depressing color in here. Maybe you have to rethink that um, wall choice color. It's actually but, uh, warmth. It's warmth. It's comforting. Oh, yeah. Nice. Well, I'm glad. You're good. Maybe I'll leave it like that then. There you go. Yeah. So, um, it, so it was, so everything from the nest to, um, you know, your relationships with adult kids. I know Marla, as a life coach, you probably um, end up helping people through some challenging experiences because, you know, when, when your kids become adults, their relationship dynamic changes. And so um, kind of figuring out a new normal, a new way to navigate yeah. that so that you're respecting your kids. They may not make the same choices you do, but you have to respect that because they are grown, hopefully confident and independent adults. And you have to pivot in how you conduct that relationship. Absolutely. And, and that brings up a memory of mine is when my husband and I um, were first married and had young children and my mother was helping. She was a nanny for my firstborn and she often tried to 
instill her views, her beliefs, her way of doing things on how we should do it. Well, I'm a new mom. I don't know a lot. And I embraced a lot of that, but there's a line. And my mom and I had to find that line. So in your new grandmother too, I believe, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's a, cha- yeah. There, and there's a chapter in that about, um, you know, kind of becoming that grandparent. And um, I, I will admit, I, I think when my kids were growing up, I did a lot of things right, but I also had some limitations. Um, I wasn't always a big stickler on nutrition mm-hmm. and um, I feel guilt about that today. You know, when I look back on that and there's a chapter in the book called um, cereal and $5 pizzas, because yes. that's basically what our kids lived on. Yeah. And so um, my daughter, the kids have all grown up then to be Become great cooks and they are foodies to the you know nth degree. Great. And so that's one of the things, Jacqueline, with um her, you know, my grandson Levi, you know, they really are sticklers about making sure he gets proper nutrition. And Good. I respect and admire that. So that's one I'm easily able to follow. Um, they also really limit the amount of screen time because mm-hmm. um they through a lot of experiences, Jacqueline reads a lot, and um, she said, Look, we just don't want um, Levi to, to have a lot of screen time. And so, and I respect that too. And so I, I just, I follow their rules and, um, everything from bedtimes to naps to, you know, giving in, I just really, um, I feel like that's the way I show my respect Mm -hmm. to that household and that family that she's created. You know, you started this out by talking about guilt as far as, you know, what you put on the table or what you guys tended to eat. And I think that a lot of these parents, when their kids are really involved and you're going a thousand miles an hour, it's hard to, and you work full time. It's really hard to put that balanced meal on the table. Mm -hmm. And so you got to give yourself grace in knowing that it's okay. It's, we did what we could. We did a lot of uh, what's that uh, restaurant called where they make the sandwiches and they tattered themselves. Subway is yes. healthy. That was kind of our go-to after yeah, the kids got through the McDonald's stage. So yeah, I know that was mine too. I felt like, um, you know, I felt like the, the nights that we did Subway, I was really hitting it out of the park with the nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. And nowadays it's like, I don't even walk in the place. I think I had we, too many years of baseball games back to back and lacrosse and football and that it yeah. just lost interest. So, yeah. And so mothers out there, if you're working full-time, you're trying to take care of your kids. Don't worry about it, Mm -hmm. do the best you can try to have one of the things when I was growing up that I really, really valued is we had Sunday dinners with my grandparents and it was always a great meal um, and family time. And that was really valuable. And I couldn't do it every week because life changed between my childhood when we weren't all going a thousand miles an hour and our kids' childhood where you do go a thousand miles an hour. So doing that every week was almost impossible, but monthly, tried to bring the family together. And that's just really kind of treasured time then. That is really nice. And now that, um, so my daughter and son-in-law and my grandson live in Tampa. And so, um, so I've got kids spread out over the country. My son and his wife are in Seattle. And so um, my husband and I made the decision to um, buy a condo in Florida, just so we could be close by, have a landing spot and I really try to, um, you know, in the winter is great, you know, yes. long weekends, <laughs> get out of Michigan. Try to get there pretty much every, every weekend. And, uh, and it's kind of, I do a lot of flying back and forth, but I know that, um, you know, it, it's about spending the time with him yeah. and yeah. I, you can't I get that pers- time back. Right. And the perspective mm-hmm. of being a grandparent is you, you really realize just how fast it all goes. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's helpful too. So if your daughter and her husband want to date, 
you guys are there exactly. to take care of Levi. And then yeah. you can also have really valuable family time together. And you'll have to get one in Seattle. Yes, exactly. When your son decides to have children. Well, and I, told him, I, I know I told, I said, you gotta, you know, you want me to come out there, you better have a baby. So there you go. <laughs> better not be yeah. too pushy about that though. And then you have to let me know when you're in Seattle and we can actually get together in person. Oh, you know, I, I started that. this show talking about that Terry's an old friend. She actually dated my brother mm-hmm. in college or right yeah. after college. He had graduated. He was in Great Falls with his first TV. He was a sports reporter, his yeah. first TV gig. And he started dating Terry and he brought her home one time to meet us or the family. I might have ran into you a few times or met you a few times. I was at your wedding. Oh, there you go. There you go. Was, yes, exactly. I totally forgot that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I have a that. I have a story to tell on you. You do. You grew up in Great Falls. Yes. And then you live in Michigan. This woman, and I don't know, maybe you've changed, does not like seafood. Um, no, I love it now. I oh my gosh, like I'm then, so happy. Which is so funny. I know when I was, we'd go to Seattle and um, spend all that time and have most beautiful seafood options. And I never ate seafood then. And now I love I it. Salmon's one of my favorite things. Yes. Yes. Okay. Then you're invited to my house when you come. Okay. Because we're seafood people. So perfect. Okay. So back to the interview. So moms out there, give yourself breaks on what you're feeding your kids, Mm -hmm. do what you can when you can, but part of getting ready for handling the emptiness is just going with the flow when they're home Mm -hmm. and not trying to overdo. And I'm not sure how strong you got into that in the book, but that's my own opinion, but we can get into that a little bit more. So basically this book is like reading a chicken soup for the soul. Yes. It's simple. So if you're a busy mother, you've got kids going a thousand miles an hour and you want to prep for that emptiness. This is a great book to have because you can read one little short chapter and get something out of it that night, make your notes, kind of think about things, kind of plan your future and not feel overwhelmed that you have this monster book to read. Exactly. Well, and you can, yeah, you can just um, flip around and, you know, all the chapters are self, um, self-sustaining. And so uh, they just kind of stand alone. And, you know, we, when I was writing it, I, um, you know, it was, it was an interesting journey for me because um, I had always wanted to write a book. And so um, when I think we're going to take a little break and then I will be able to sort of tell you about the journey, the process of actually writing the book and how I was able to do it. And also the journal that goes along with the book. So we've got the book. Oh, I didn't know that. I did that too. My being zone has a book and a journal. Yeah. So does the journal match the questions that you have in the last part of each chapter? Yes. Well, no, 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 no. It it has questions in here, but they're all different. Okay. Um, The the journal is kind of designed to take it that next extra step. Beautiful. And so, and part of the journal also, the back part of the journal, I reached out to a number of author friends I have and asked them about why it's important that you write things down, what the process of journaling is. My friend Ginger Z um, wrote just this beautiful, um, uh, a beautiful essay that we included in the books, in the journal. So yeah, a lot of great stuff. Awesome. Okay, everybody. Thank you for listening. I'm Marla Williams on Lift Your Spirits Radio, and we will be right back. But nothing looks familiar. Run me down, but it's just another reminder. Nothing stays the same. It's just another reminder.
Lift your spirits with me, Dina Marie, on Whidbey Island. I'll be a tour guide for your spirit and a travel agent for your soul. Retreats include a healing session for your body, your mind, and your spirit. You receive a Reiki session plus a chakra reading, experience a labyrinth in the woods, take a walk on the beach, and enjoy downtown Langley with me. Retreats are customized for you or a group of friends. You can visit dina-marie.com to connect with me today. Island time is waiting for you. Curious about whales in the Pacific Northwest? Orca Network's Langley Whale Center celebrates and shares the lives of gray whales, orcas, and other marine mammals of the Salish Sea. The Langley Whale Center is a project of Orca Network, a nonprofit that is based on Whidbey Island. The Langley Whale Center gives Orca Network the opportunity to have a public presence to share the excitement about the whales and marine mammals who are our neighbors. The Whale Center in Langley gives visitors and residents alike a chance to learn more about the endangered southern resident orcas who visit our area and about the North Puget Sound gray whales, a small unique population of gray whales who find sustenance in the waters of Saratoga Passage and Possession Sound each March through May. Check out the Orca Network and Langley Whale Center on Facebook for the latest whale sightings, educational programs and events, or visit orcanetwork.org for more information. You'll be glad you did. Lift your spirits at Bayview Healing Suites on beautiful Whidbey Island. Bayview Healing Suites offers treatments in beauty, health, and wellness, and is located at Bayview Corner, open seven days a week. Sonia Sushagani offers acupuncture and traditional Eastern herbal medicine that restores balance within your body, mind, and spirit. You can reach out to her to book your wellness and self-care session at goldenearthhealingarts.com. Take some time for yourself to relax at Bayview Healing Suites in Bayview Corner. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. It's all gonna change. The more you hang on to it, the more it slips away. Just another reminder, nothing stays the same. So welcome back, everybody. Again, you're listening to Love Living Life with Marla Williams on Lift Your Spirits Radio. And I'm interviewing Terry DeBoer, who wrote a book, a positive, uplifting book on empty nesting and trying to deal with those years, moving into them as well as after. And so, Terry, welcome back. So you were just talking about kind of how you wrote the book or how things came together for the book, which is very interesting. Yeah, Yeah, it was, you know, I, I think back to 2019. You know, as we were on the countdown to 2020, everybody had such high hopes for what 2020 would be. Um, it was, you know, a, a lot of the podcasts I listened to and the radio shows all about the 2020 vision, 2020 focus. And so I was thinking, I'd always wanted to write a book and I, had, I probably had said for 40 years, I'm going to write a book someday. And so I thought 2020, this is going to be the year. So January of 2020, I sent an email to someone I knew at a major publishing company and uh, said, hey, I've got this concept for a book. And so we met for coffee. He told me he thought maybe I had something. And um, so the sort of the process for writing a book is if you're trying to get a publishing contract with one of the, the, the bigger publishing companies is you write a book proposal, which is about a 50 page research paper where you talk about everything from what will the book be, my concept, an outline, a couple of sample chapters, so they can get an idea if you can write 
um, and uh, you research the other books that are out there on your same topic, and then what, what's your influence, how many social media followers do you have, all those sorts of things. So I finished this book proposal, I sent it back into him, this was then by this point, it was early February of 2020. And um, he, by this point, we're starting to hear about, you know, COVID on the other side of the world. And so um, the publishing industry was really um, impacted just because of the international nature of the industry. So um, he said, you know, we're starting to get some, you know, some weird vibes about what's going to be happening with the workflow. So he said, we're going to have this um, conversation at our committee meeting, the publishing board, just to see if there's interest in moving forward. There was interest. So in early March, they invited me into their um, local um, headquarters and I met with the group and ended up getting an, an offer to publish from nice. um, a division of HarperCollins, which awesome. was huge big. for me. Very big. First so, book, yeah. Yeah. My first book, my very first pitch out of the, um, out of the gates. So I got a contract. Um, I got a small advance. I was assigned an editor and um, a deadline. And as someone who's been in TV for her whole professional career, I'm very motivated by deadlines. So, um, so I started writing, got through my first draft of the manuscript, sent it to my editor um, right after July 4th weekend. This was in 2020. He had a month with it. And then I got back all of the edits from him. This is in early August. And uh, a couple of days after I received my edited copy back from the, um, the, the first round of material edits, um, I got an an email out of the blue that um, they were canceling a bunch of first time author contracts, including mine. Yeah. And yeah. so, so um, devastation after you yeah. invested so much time oh. and energy already and had such high hopes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So then I, then I was able to pivot and um, found a new publisher and um, kind of powered on through. And I, I was so happy then at the end of the day with how that, um, how the relationship ended up working out with my new publisher, because I ended up with a lot more control over mm -hmm. the book, nice. and including, you know, the, my initial vision for the book was to have um, on the cover to have kind of a, a nest and a bird and a tree and kind of the whole literal empty nest. Mm -hmm. And after I finished the manuscript, it really dawned on me that this was really more of a story about an independent, confident woman who, I mean, I've had men read it too, but it really is designed for the female. And so that's where this um, cover came of, um, you know, here's this woman that's looking out over um, this vast ocean or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and she's looking at what's her next adventure in life. Yeah. And that's where the title came brighter skies ahead. Um, kind of looking forward to what is that next? Um, what's the next chapter for her? And I think that demonstrates the whole concept of the book really well, because there is a vastness ahead of you when your kids sleep. You had it in a vastness of emptiness. I had it in a vastness of excitement, but everybody's different, right? Yeah, exactly. And so being able to, you know, life is a journey and putting one baby step in front of the other, you slowly but surely pulled yourself out of your stuckness. Mm -hmm. by having, a, what, what, when was your last, when did your last child leave? Let me ask you that. What so year was my, that? Yeah. My, my youngest left home um, in 2016, she graduated okay. from high school and moved to college. She was a college basketball player. And so even though she was, 
you know, I was still able to travel around and see her play a lot of her, you know, her college basketball. It was the idea that when she left, it was all of the, you know, all of her activities, all her energy, all her um, enthusiasm was gone. And so 2016 was when she left. Yeah. And, um, you know, in the book, I kind of break down the whole concept of um, life is a a set of seasons, very similar to how the weather works in the atmosphere. And so for um, my seasons of life, I have four seasons that I named in the book, the, um, the growing up season, when, you know, you're just kind of getting started Um, the young adult season where you're making those decisions about, you know, where will I go to college? What will my career be? Who will I marry starting my family? Then you get into this kind of juggling act season, which is all the chaos of, you know, doing everything, basically every waking minute for everybody else. And then the next season is this empty nest season, which was so tough. And it strikes me, Marla, and I love the fact that you really kind of have caught on to this. There's a season after the empty nest season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm affectionately calling it my encore season. Nice. Because you look at, um, you know, hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll be 58 this year. So I'm hoping I have a good 30 years left ahead of me. Yeah. And um, that's the time that I can really recreate, reinvent myself. And step and, into um, you, who you are, not living your life for your children, but but living your authentic life, following your heart, doing what you love to do. I just hung up on a coaching call right before this interview. And this was a person I coached years ago that was getting physically sick, going to work every day because he hated his job, but he had to keep it to get his kids through college. Mm -hmm. And he's around 57, 58, launching a whole new career that I helped move him into. And I just got an update and it's exciting because he's also writing. Um, producing, screenwriting, doing all kinds of things and having success. And so it's so fun to watch people kind of go through those seasons of life. Um, And it's also part of my coaching. And uh, I've spent a lot of time understanding the Native American um, history and how they see it in seasons. You know, Mm. when you're born, they see it in directions and seasons and in all types of things. But it's very similar to what you're saying. You know, the youth is, is the sunrise. Yeah. Right. And the um, spring, you know, babies, all the birds having babies. Yes. Yeah. Summer is the kids and the play mm-hmm. and the outside. And yeah. So I'm totally connected with your seasons and you being a meteorologist, how more perfect yeah. could that be? Well, and right? that, yeah, I figured that's it had to absolutely tie in and stay connected. Yeah. And what's interesting in that, in what you talked about in the book, is that the season of winter is the usually older age in the native American is, is your kind of final stages. You're going to have like a fifth in yours, but that's the season you suffer the most, you know, being in the snow mm-hmm. and that type of thing. And a lot of elder suffer at that stage too. So it's kind of interesting that correlation that I saw as, as I was reading your book, but I'm going to let mm-hmm. you continue on and kind of talk about, um, this part that was difficult to write. That's the difficult part, right? To write part, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it was, um, I, as part one of my favorite chapters, um, that I wrote was, um, the whole idea that, um, you know, for me, an examination, a full examination of this season in my life, um, needed for me to go back to when I left home Mm -hmm. and it's called an empty nest carol. That's the Mm -hmm. chapter. 
where basically um, in this, it, my mom is like the tiny Tim character. And okay. here I am going on this, you know, this, this excursion back to when I left home. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot, there's a lot of angst for people who think, why, why are my kids leaving me? Right. Why are they, why don't they call? Why don't I see them? Why they act like they don't care. They forgot my birthday or, you know, all those sorts of things. And I kind of look back to when I left home and it wasn't that I was leaving my parents, that I was leaving my mom. It was, I was not going away from something. I was going towards something. Towards something. Mm-hmm. And it was an important sort of um, perspective that I gave myself by being willing to go back. And so I, I guess that would be a piece of advice that I would offer to anybody who's, you know, just feeling really um, sad and left out because they feel like their kids don't care about them. Yeah. It really isn't about you. It's about them. Yeah. And so you have to, you know, kind of get yourself into that right mentality to understand that. Yeah. It brings me back to my memory when I went to college and my first semester at the UW and my parents didn't live more than they were out at the South end of Lake Meridian. And, um, I didn't call. I went to school and I didn't call. And my mom called me the week before Thanksgiving. And she said, um, I hope you come home for Thanksgiving because if you don't, don't plan to come for Christmas either oh. <laughs> because she was so hurt that I hadn't called and I hadn't come home and I hadn't given them the time of day. And it's not that they weren't important. I was just so busy. Yeah. I had such a full life in college. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about that. I needed to call my mom and update her right. where she missed me. And luckily my little brother, Tim, who you dated yeah. was still at home to keep her, keep her happy. But yeah, yeah. It, it's tough. It's and I tough think for the he, one he, left he, behind. I think he appreciated having all the attention and uh, everything lavished on him. (laughs) Yeah, finally, finally. Yeah, he actually was quite spoiled in those later years, I got to tell you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, I I love that. I love that you looked in your, and there's another chapter in your book about the rearview mirror, because when Mm -hmm. you look back and you kind of look at your life in comparison with what your kids are going through and where you're at in that, um, there's so many parallels. And you realize everybody's going to live. Everybody's going to be fine. Relationships Mm -hmm. are going to maintain in families Mm -hmm. that have been strong and united and connected. And there's always going to be the most important thing. And we all learned in COVID when we were shut down and not able to see a lot of people, the one consistency was usually family Mm -hmm. Um, and and trying to find time for family and to be together. And we realized how important that is, especially with so much loss of life and Yes. Um, in so many different families. So, right. You yeah. know, and, it, and it's, and it's so interesting too, when you, um, you know, when you start to, to think and examine, especially I, I don't see my son and his wife in person all that often, just because, you know, I'm still working full time. I have a limited amount of time off. You know, I, I feel like my physical time that I have um, needs to be invested with Levi, my three and a half year old grandson, just because as he's growing, I want to make memories with him. Um, but I love the conversations that I have with my adult children on the phone, my son, Jake, who's in Seattle. I mean, he's just, he, he's just such a great conversationalist and I'm so proud of what he's doing. And when we can connect, you know, maybe it's a couple times a month for a really long phone call because of the time change, I'll be driving home from work and he's either at work or getting ready for work. And so it works out 
um, to be perfect, but you know, you just kind of pick up right where you left off. Yeah. 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 So moms, if you're not getting the phone calls from your college kids, don't worry. They're always going to be in your life. They'll Mm -hmm. always be there. You'll always have that relationship. Just keep loving them and showing your support. And, you know, and I'll tell you, unexpected things are, um, are so special, you know, send them a little care package. You know, mm-hmm. now that Venmo is such a big deal, you know, Venmo 20 bucks, just say, Hey, I was thinking of you. And if you were close by, I would love to take you out for dinner, but since I can't here, go and buy pizza on me or something like that. Right. Um, you know, not to, not to bribe them, but just so that they know you're thinking about them in a way that is meaningful to them. Yeah. My favorite memory from college is my grandmother and grandfather were all about making snack packs for us or, or gift packages. And they did everything natural. They had apple trees. So they did dried Mm -hmm. apples and make granola and all this healthy stuff. And I couldn't wait to see grandma and grandpa because Mm -hmm. I always knew I would have food to eat and not always whatever I was eating. Right. It was always good. And your, and and your roommates were probably so jealous. Oh yeah. I shared though. I shared. Yeah. Yeah. Those is good memories. So yeah, yeah, you you, use, they spend all their first 17, 18 years at home and you're building that foundation, giving them the roots and then you've got to let them fly and they're going to make mistakes. I made mistakes. I struggled. Everybody struggles. Um, A lot of kids that go off to college and parents start freaking out might go into a dip if they don't know what they're doing or where they're going. And that's one reason I, as a coach, one of the things I do is help people kind of figure out who they are in the world and where they're going and what they want to do because that's such a struggle. I work with a lot of college students who are going, I'm halfway through and I have no idea. It's like I'm spinning my wheels. And so we kind of get to the core of what really excites them. And sometimes they're not even in the right college. I've helped a few move colleges because they were just trying to push a square peg into a round hole. Right. And something parents can do so you don't have to go hire a life coach is really pay attention to the things your kids gravitate to as they're growing up and really paying attention to what makes them happy, because that's going to tie to what they're meant to be doing mm-hmm. in this world. You know, so. and, and, and that's so interesting, because I, I always think too, that, um, you know, and, and I, I don't just assume that my kids know what I'm thinking. So I verbalize mm-hmm. it to them. It's okay. If you decide that's not the right major for you. It's mm-hmm. okay. If you want to look for something else, because guess what? Life is short. We get one time to do this. And you, you know, I always say the worst, you know, the worst mistake that you can make is investing a lot of your time, which is our most precious resource, doing something that does not make you happy. Yes. And the client that I just hung up with it, the reason he did what he did for a college degree and fell into a job he hated is because they said, oh, you'll never make money doing what you love. Mm. You have to get a business degree. So he followed the advice. So parents let your child follow their heart, not yes. your advice. And they will end up where they're meant to be doing what they're meant to do and loving life. So with that, you're listening back to Love Living Life with Marla Williams. And we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back shortly. Do you feel stressed, exhausted, or burned out? Would you like to identify your unique warning signs and know what to do? Are you ready to learn how to calm your system and increase your energy so you are healthier, happier, and more productive? 
learn from an expert. I transform my life from burnout to bliss, and you can too. Go to MarlaWilliams.net, click on Learn, and sign up for my Burnout Prevention Formula course and move from burnout to bliss in just six weeks or less. Are your medical expenses increasing, but your health is not improving? True Health offers unique services where Kasara empowers clients with intuition, education, and proven resources. Better choices can be made when information is available. Now's the time to visit TrueHealth.com. That's T-R-U-Health.com. And schedule your appointment to achieve your health goals. Your body will thank you. Are you planning your next move? We know it can be stressful, but at a swift move, you can relax and leave the work to us. You can put your mind at ease that your personal items will be safe throughout the entire moving process. To get a free quote from licensed professionals so you can compare and save, call us at 425-309-0577. That's 425-309-0577. So make your next move a swift one and give us a call. Lift your spirits with us every Friday at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1150 AM KKNW Seattle. We will be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Miss a show? No worries. You can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. Just another reminder, nothing stays the same. Hey, welcome back to Love Living Life with Marlo Williams on Lift Your Spirits Radio. I'm thrilled to be talking with an old friend, Terry DeBoer, who's a meteorologist and tying her profession to a book that she wrote called, again, Bright Skies Ahead. And believe me, moms that are getting their kids leaving home and leaving the nest, there are bright skies ahead for not only you, but for them and to stay focused on that. So welcome back, Terry. Yes. Well, you know, we were chatting about, um, you know, kind of how your work as a life coach really helps to, to help people make those transitions. You know, I love the, the weather themes because you look at, um, you know, when, when life is stormy, which it is, doesn't happen all the time, but when life is stormy, we feel the winds picking up and those winds indicate that there is a change that's happening in the atmosphere. The, um, you know, the, the atmosphere tries to achieve equilibrium. And so the winds are the strongest when you've got a different, between pressure systems. Yeah. And so in life, our strongest winds come when we're facing our greatest challenges. Yeah. And so the good news about that is that um, those challenges don't last forever. And that um, if we are um, smart about how we prepare for the storms in life, then it's easier to navigate them. But yeah. not that they won't be painful and disruptive because they are, um, but the idea that those storms are typically temporary. Yeah, they are. And I, and this just made me think of your background. Um, we didn't talk about this up front, but Terry 
when she went off to college, was trying to figure out what she's going to do. And she went several different directions Mm -hmm. until she landed on being a meteorologist. Uh, (laughs) Easy for me to say. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, but look at how you've bloomed for (laughs) no Mm -hmm. pun intended in this profession and tying the learnings of the weather and the changes in season and the changes in weather to life. And And, it's just powerful because it's throughout the book too. Well, and that was, you know, kind of my hope was because the weather is just something that's so relatable for people. There's also, you know, in part of the book, I I tell people that there's, there's a caution um, that you should learn about weather as well. Um, There, there's a, there's a word that we use when it comes to forecasting the weather and it's called persistence. And in weather, what that means is that if all I did every day, when I showed up at the station, if I threw out all my computer models and the satellite, the radar, if all I did every day was forecast that today's weather is going to be the same as yesterday's weather, a lot of the time I would be right because most of the time the changes are very small and subtle. Right. And so we noticed that um, with sunrise and sunset times, you know, every day, this time of the year, we're gaining as we approach the summer solstice um, about a minute of daylight on the end of the day. So our sunset today is at 9.03 and um, the sunset then tomorrow will be at 9.04 and the sunset mm-hmm. the day after that will be at 9.05. So the, the changes are very, very gradual. But if you're not careful, all of a sudden those gradual changes will end up being this incredible, a vast of area of wasted time. And yeah. so- with the sunrise sunset analogy in the middle of winter, our earliest sunset here is 509. Mm -hmm. And so basically we have four bonus hours at the end of the day, when we add up that one minute a day that we're adding. And so life, if we're not careful, um, can kind of get away from us. If we just don't invest the time that we have in developing those dreams or goals or, um, hobbies or new careers. If we're not careful, we can just waste a whole lot of time by sitting around doing nothing. Yeah. And when you're in that mode, you actually kind of go into a slump. Those are the Mm -hmm. tough times. Like you did wanting to sit and watch Hallmark movies (laughs) and all of us go through the Hallmark movie period where we need to just sit down and rest. Mm -hmm. You need to reboot. Um, but I have found that the more you build simple practices into every single day that lifts your energy, lifts your things and build in the things you love, like you've learned writing books and, and doing a lot of things you do. You know, I build art into my life. I build hiking into my life. I build music into my life. I, and I'm still working full time. Um, but I just, and I love, I, I love this radio show because I have a chance to interview and meet people doing really unique things that can help people. And my whole purpose is trying to help people love their life better. And so helping you empty nesters out there realize that you can have a full life after children and embrace them going away and be available when they mm-hmm. do need you, but just allow them to go. It's just so positive. So, okay. So I know you had a lot of fun writing this book and you went through some ups and downs and all that, but what was your favorite part? Was it tying in this whole concept of weather or, or what would you say? That was a lot of fun. The, my favorite chapter to write was the, um, the, the chapter called, you know, when, when you are, when you get pregnant for the first time, 
everybody gives you that book called um, what to expect when you're expecting. Yes, I had it. So yeah. So chapter five is what to expect when you're expecting to empty the nest. Mm. And uh, the whole idea of the book, the original book is about um, sort of that week by week, month by month guide of what to expect when your body's going through all these changes. And so um, the, the book, I took sort of poetic license with that concept where I go week by week, month by month of that first year of the empty nest. And it is interesting because as I went through that sort of um, exercise in writing that chapter, it became really clear to me that it is about a one-year process for, for people who have a difficult time with the empty nest transition. If you get through that first year, you typically can ease into what is a, a brand new normal for your yeah. life, a new routine. And then it becomes... I think in some cases, and for some people that when the kids do come home, it becomes more disruptive than when they're gone. Yeah, right. Exactly. Because you're so fully engaged in your life. Now, I just thought of something as you were saying that, and this actually just kind of hit me because I live on Camino Island, which is a community of a lot of retirees and people Mm -hmm. are going, I can't wait till I'm 64, 65, I'm going to retire. Well, then what? There's so many people that don't have a vision. So it's kind of like empty nest. Right. But what are you going to do after work? What's the next step? Because I moved here. I own my own company. I'm doing my own thing. Um, And so I was fine, but I'm looking a lot of people move here thinking, oh, I'm going to live in this beach community. Things are going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. But then they're like, oh, what do I do now? What do I do with my time? So I think this empty nester could help those of you that are retiring too, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, just kind of take the, um, the concepts that come along with that whole empty nest and apply it to what's the next thing after the career. I, um, you know, we talked earlier about the whole idea of having an encore season. And I always think that, you know, when you go to a concert and you wait for, you know, you go through, you know, all the music and everything, I always think that um, the best groups save their best stuff for last. Yeah. And often that best stuff is them going back to where they started their career, mm-hmm. where they mm-hmm. started their, you know, their, their music and just playing the great old hits. And in some ways, I think that, you know, for me going back to who was I before mom was my first name. And that was a great exercise for me. In fact, in the journal, I have, um, a, it, the first part of the journal is um, a chapter by chapter goes along with the 50 chapters of the book. But the second part of the, um, of the journal goes through where I invite you to sort of take a step back in time to when, um, when you were growing up and just, just think about what, what were those things that you wanted to do? Um, who were you before you launched into whatever career you're in, whatever family you have. Um, And so we go through, there's a space for every year, every, every decade from the teenage years through your twenties, your thirties, your forties, your fifties, your sixties, your seventies, it goes up to your eighties. And the idea in this exercise is that you're either looking back on who you were before you made all these life changes or and choices or you're looking ahead to what do you want that next season of your life to be? Right. And I find in my coaching in the life coaching and career part of it, and I mentioned this a little before, but I'm going to delve into a little bit more detail is that when people go back and look at their childhood and when they were the happiest and what really filled them up, 
So mm-hmm. I'm going to use my brother because you know him. My brother ended up uh, going in to be a sports reporter and ultimately ended up in Green Bay as a head sports reporter and also mm-hmm. did preseason Packer games with Paul Horning, who was a legendary yes. Packer. Um, and so that he just has such a history, but from the time he was very small, we called him instead of Tim, we called him Tim Mouthy. He always <laughs> had that gift of kind of putting on the show and speaking. And he used to do play-by-play on our backyard football games oh, and nice. fork by fork when we we're trying to eat dinner, which drove us nuts, yeah. but that he was a natural, that's what mm-hmm. he was meant to do. Yeah. And it was all based on what he did when he was age and he'd do movies and productions and would film us doing crazy things and piece it together. And he was a photographer, all of those things tied to his career yeah. and he was just a natural. And so really look, you know, as your kids are going into college, look at that. And as you're going into your secondary life, look back at that, because what's going to bring you greatest happiness and fulfillment as you move into your sixties and seventies and eighties. And there's no one saying you have to be retired at 60. Right. Exactly. Well, and, and, and I do think, I mean, you're a great example of this, you know, people can have a career wherever, I mean, with technology, the way it is, and especially with what we've been through in the last couple of years with zoom and um, everything virtual, you really, you you can live in whatever your version of paradise is in terms Mm -hmm. of the climate and you can have a great successful career. And um, I always think the happiest people are the people who um, find a way to help others by using their unique talents and abilities and interests. And so, um, and there are a lot of people in this world who, um, sadly bury that they think, you know, what what is, what is, what, what's the secret sauce that I bring to life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, they, they put that away because they don't think that they could possibly have a vocation that involves that and includes that. Perfect point. Yes. I'm working with somebody right now who has always been though, on the other end of this, a caregiver, Mm -hmm. a caretaker. She's put everybody's needs in front of hers from the point when she was a young girl and her parents had illnesses and and issues. She became that caretaker. She's never lived for her. Mm. And so to be able to look back and go, well, when you're happiest, well, when I was in nature, okay, let's talk about nature. So it might not be giving back to a person, it might be giving back to the world in the form of something in nature, but you are right. When you're doing something that makes a difference in one way or another, without being codependent and being that caretaker, your life can take off. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it is, it's, you know, and, you know, I just keep coming back to this whole idea that, you know, life is short Mm -hmm. and um, as empty nesters, I think that um, that's a message we need to convey to our kids, our adult kids, especially um, to encourage them to take risks. The, The funniest thing about me, my personality is, even though I am, um, I make my living in an industry where there's always change. The mm-hmm. weather is constantly changing, and sometimes the, the changes are small. Changing. Sometimes they are big, and um, and I don't like change. Mm-hmm. I'm somebody who, I mean, I've been at my same station doing my exact same job for almost thirty years, yeah. and I a lot of things around me have changed, but you know, my, my workflow, my daily routine has pretty much stayed the same. And I think, you know, what is it that I would want to do if I weren't doing this? Well, I always wanted to write the book. Well, the good news is I was able to write the book and still keep doing the same old thing. 
Yeah. And so, um, you know, sometimes you can, you know, you can take little steps yeah. and, you know, still do your main thing and then mm-hmm. start working on what is that dream. And that's I have a couple ex- more books I'm writing. I um, just finished a book that um, I was so excited last week. It's, it's available for pre-orders on Amazon. It's, I partnered with uh, the folks at our local hospice organization oh, and wonderful. wrote a book about grief. It's called Grieving Well, A Healing Journey Through the Season of Grief. Beautiful. And um, that'll be officially released in February of 2023. And I just signed a contract to write another book. And nice. uh, the, the deadline for that one is at the end of September, 91,000 words. I'm a little nervous about. You, you will know, do beautifully. Did I yeah. bite off more than I could chew? But yeah. And so this next book uh, after the grief one, by the way, grief is wonderful because it's kind of the same concept of the empty nester when mm-hmm. you lose someone, whether it's a dog or a parent or a family member or a friend, and we've all had a lot of loss. What a great book to be coming out with right now. So thank you for that gift. I, I do have one funny story that I read in your book and it made me laugh because you're not a dog person. No, but your daughter got a dog. Yes. And a it's giant not just, dog. yeah, I'm going, it's not yeah. just a little dog. And you've learned to realize the power of the relationship with an animal. Exactly. I love this dog. I I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if you'll be able to see that, if the viewers be able to see this, but, but here, um, he's adorable. Here's the dog sitting on my lap. And and he's about twice as big as she is and probably just weighing her down. Yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah, my, my daughter, um, when, you know, when COVID happened, so she was a college basketball player, 2020, the world shuts down. She was supposed to be going to Europe to play basketball at Bournemouth University, getting a master's degree. And um, because of COVID, and this was before the vaccines were out, um, she couldn't go. Yeah. So she pivoted and started a master's program uh, at a local university, which was a great you know, way to you know, at least mm-hmm. make a plan B. And um, then she said, I, I've always wanted a dog. I want to get a dog. And so she adopted this, you know, at the time, 14 pound dog who is now 135 pounds. And it's big. it was really a great companion for her and for me. And that's something that I always, and you encourage this in the book is you're feeling lonely as a pet is mm-hmm. a tremendous. In fact, they're better than kids because they love you unconditionally. They don't tell yes. you what you're doing wrong. No. They don't roll their eyes. They just want you to feed them. And if you do, yes. you're golden. And if you walk them and feed them, you are golden. You can't do wrong. So uh, Terry, I am so glad we reconnected and that I was able to have you on the show. And I so appreciate what you're doing in the world and the difference you're making through your books, through your messages Mm -hmm. and that you're tying it to your seasons. Well, and thank you for your book and what you do as well, because it was, it it has been just great to reconnect. I'm going to have to plan that trip to Seattle. I'll tell my son and his wife that, uh, I'll be uh, sleeping in their guest room, but you and I will have to uh, connect for dinner on me and a glass of wine. How does that sound? Awesome. It sounds perfect. If you are interested in purchasing Terry's book, Brighter Skies Ahead, Forecasting a Full Life When You Empty the Nest by Terry DeBoer, you can find it anywhere books are sold and you can receive a signed copy by ordering it on Terry's website. T, that's terrydebore.com. So T E R R I D E B O E R.com. 
And if you're interested in getting coaching to create your second life, feel free to visit me at marlowilliams.net and sign up for a complimentary session. And if you're interested in learning more about Pricey Diggs' upcoming Northwest tour and possibly including him in your plans, you can go to priceydiggs.com to get more information. Again, thanks for being here and we will see you on the first Friday of next month. and time was lucky to be here but it's just another reminder nothing stays the same it's just another reminder it's all gonna change the sooner you embrace it the happier you'll stay it's just another Oh